Well, hey there. Howdy. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for telling a friend that you hang out on the other side of Texas. I'm your host, Jay West Texas Leeson. Queen Catherine across the way, making the board work, pushing the buttons, making things happen. Broadcasting <laughs> from the studios that Queen Catherine will inherit in the studios where Buddy Holly became the fame uh, became famous. Uh, big big uh, show today as we bring you Scott Braddock. It is Braddock on Texas. It's the Tuesday version of the Monday version of Braddock on Texas. Half a million dollars in anonymous money floating around in Texas campaigns. That's a quorum report exclusive that Braddock will get in with us about, as well as 50 kids in foster care in Texas slept in hotel rooms last month. And Governor Abbott plans tomorrow to lay out his school shooting plan. And uh, we'll get into that with Braddock. And then coming up in about uh, half an hour or so, I'll get into it as well here in Lubbock, Texas. But it was Memorial Day weekend, and my weekend started on this show on Friday. Of course, we had Curtis Parrish, the Republican nominee for county judge without a Democratic opponent. Curtis Parrish in and uh, he talked about what he's got to do in the next six months you can find that up on our Apple iTunes but Brandon Darby stiffed me on Friday my Friday wingman Uh, he and I we roll out some Top Gun together on Fridays and I said you know where in the world are you I'm texting him right as the show starts and he says Millie Millie is uh having having the calf i said whoa it's happening right now yeah it's happening at about well she was in labor and he could tell and then so he didn't show up and so right after the show on friday memorial day starts by racing out to brandon darby's ponderosa and getting getting texts along the way from him he's standing there wide-eyed watching this bull come out the backside of millie (laughs) it uh so we just sat down in the pasture and uh he broke the sack and got things in good working order and plop came the uh came the new bull uh my pick one for the name brisket brisket the bull (laughs) and uh that's how we started things off there the uh the darby wildlife reserve and uh but a really good weekend whenever you're dad a young dad i call myself a young dad i've got young children i don't know how young i am anymore um but you know the weekend you, you try to teach kids the importance of memory and you know that that's what i would tell jack and sam and you know grace has already heard this speech so many times and charlie's just coming into it but it is memorial day weekend what does what sounds like memoir, memoir, and they'd say memory, memory. That's right. And this is a weekend where we remember brave souls who went out on the cause of freedom and liberty and that constitution and all these ideals we hold dear and paid the ultimate cost. And, you know, I just can't get around. McCain, John McCain, uh, they served a purpose higher than themselves. And that's, you know, I know that we're all kind of on Memorial Day hangover here, but that's the way that I frame it for my children, is they saw something bigger than themselves, and and they went and fought for it, and many of them never came home. So we did all the, you know, go touch the bricks and go look at the names and have that register in their little minds and in my mind, for that matter, for memory's sake. And, uh, oh, I just a tangent for just a minute i think that that's why symbols are so important in this country and the ideas and the institutions that they represent and i know that this is all coming to a head we're like in this crazy new world postmodern era where we need to go in and deconstruct all of these institutions and all these ideas that have somehow guided us for 5,000 years. <laughs> but all of a sudden, we're going we're gonna to question them because 
intellect was was created about a hundred years ago and and nobody was really sharp preceding us and you know that that's my conservative line there but on the other side i i got an independent thought independent minded you moderate yeah be independent minded you moderate um (laughs) something that really like in this whole i'm just going to go off on this tangent for just a second but I this NFL thing in the kneeling and the 15-yard penalty and the kneeling and the kneeling some more like I was thinking about that this weekend as we were walking around and the flags were out and that is the right context for me to really absorb everything that this country is about and the ideals it's founded on mm-hmm. and how we want to compose ourselves as a nation and carry ourselves as a nation and I just wonder I wonder what the validity is of I don't want to say this I'll just say it like I want to say it I don't understand why, why even play the national anthem at football games. Is there some law or some profound constitutional purpose of playing the, the national anthem before football games? Like, we're going to do that because we've always done it, but why were we doing it in the first place? And I get it. Like, if you're in a very important meeting off of government grounds, you begin your meeting with a prayer, right? Whether that's like going into like wedding weekend or we're going to even even on government ground even like before city council meeting or or otherwise like the chaplain in the u.s house and they're they're always fat but for the sake i just have to wonder why do we even why do we do that at football games i know that i'm going off off script here and just wondering off the top of my head and sometimes this gets me in trouble but I don't know when was the last time you were at a football game and you were in the line for nachos. And that just goes on as normal, <laughs> right? So, like, oh, we're going to go up in arms. And I'm not excusing these guys at all. I think that they are contracted to play for teams. And I've heard the argument, well, you know. Uh, those stadiums are paid for in part by taxpayers those are public private projects and therefore as taxpayers you know I, I like i understand that argument but by and large they're contracted to do a job and part of that job for whatever reason it might be nfl contracts it might be something else you got to go stand and say the pledge of allegiance there are th- the national anthem there are things that people don't like in their jobs all the time, like be here by 8 o'clock. <laughs> and if you don't do those, then guess what? You get fired. And so I really get caught up in the whole, the whole, uh, why are we doing this? And because it seems, if it's so sanctimonious, if it's so important, and I believe it is by virtue of how we spend our weekend. But, you know, if there are guys standing twelve back into the stall as the play, as the national anthem comes on, or people are buying their nachos or pickles or cokes and cotton candy, then what's the big uproar about? And if we really believe what we say we believe there, then we would all just stop everything we're doing, take our hats off, and put our hands over our hearts. It's what we do. That's just because I just thinking of like saving Private you Ryan. Can't handle the truth. Thanks. <laughs> saving Private Ryan. Like that is a very appropriate occasion before and after the the movie to sing the national anthem or Lone Survivor or Black Hawk Down. I just it just all seems like theater to me. And that's why I focus on regional issues and state issues that really impact us. But anyhow, um, one other one other little thing about the weekend is that my kids were born. Sorry about that whole set. Well, I'm not sorry. Somebody needs to say it. I don't understand what the big catch up is at the football games uh, with this stuff. And not to say again stop kneeling but if it's such a predominant problem and people want to go after the institutions in the country on the biggest stages on the most watched programs which is the nfl then just stop doing the daggum national anthem put it on like beep and let it go into the national anthem 
for the home viewing audience because when was the last time you stood up to the national anthem in your living room whenever they played it on tv no you just sat there and took a drink of shiner and and <laughs> grab grab some more milk duds so this uh the kids have bartered we bartered out here we got them a nintendo switch this brand new super duper mm-hmm. nintendo thing but we took all the screens from them and i was going to toss them but then i was reading this article about what we do with all this heavy metal stuff that we're throwing away in these screens and we like take them to third world countries and people are like growing four noses i mean crazy stuff so anyway i just decided to hide the screens and they can earn their nintendo switch time through i'm making them go to camps that they don't want to go to and basketball camps and uh doing they do their work they do their chores and and uh all i say after a reverential with by the way a world-class brisket that i smoked uh at the end on sunday night my kids are in bed and i'm really eating up like my kids were born with my wife's iq but with my com- without my competitiveness by and large i'm try- <laughs> trying to teach them to be competitive and so they were, another way of saying, they were born with her competitiveness and her IQ. And, mm-hmm. but what really is grinding my gears, no pun intended, is that on Sunday night of Memorial Day, I'm sitting, Charity has company out on the back porch. They get done doing their thing. But you know what I've absorbed myself in doing after I put the kids down? Mm-hmm. Was figuring out why Sam continues to annihilate me in Mario Kart 8. So... <laughs> So I'm sitting there practicing, figuring out who's got the best traction, the best acceleration, because I'm sick and tired of getting beat. Uh-huh. We're like at that point in dad mode where the kids start being better than me at things, and it <laughs> really, really bothers me. And so Charity's walking through the living room with her company on late Sunday night, and I'm in there, a grown man, with Princess Peach on the strawberry shortcake dirt bike or whatever with a (laughs) rainbow glider trying to figure out how am i going to start beating sam because i got to beat these kids but uh anyway great memorial day weekend at the lease and ponderosa hope yours was good too it's time for our guy braddock on texas braddock i've got some uh intro music to run past you you ready okay yes sir let's do it Ten years ago, a crack commando unit about was some eighteen by a military court for like that. <laughs> These men probably it's hard to hear here where I am, but uh, I'm, I'm good with the eighteen. Today, uh, so maybe not, but ba because it was ba and this is bot. It's making some sense. Well, no, we're still going to keep on calling it Braddock on Texas. If just they if they were the A team, that means I'm just the B team. I actually like this. Okay. So the B for Braddock. Uh, <laughs> right, right. So there I am. Uh, we hadn't even gotten 10 yards into the road, and I've already got us in the ditch. How about that? Oh, uh, well, we, we can stay there for a second because I can tell you that it has already become news in Austin, Texas, that Millie the Cow gave birth in the last couple of days, I guess. I saw the pictures. On Friday. People yeah. down here are talking about You tell You tell Mr. Darby that people appreciate uh, the fact that all across the state and probably all across the world, they can keep up with the journey of Millie, the milk cow. And I'll tell you, I mean, going into politics for a second, my friend Brandon Darby is not happy about the level of veterinarian services and the lack thereof that he was able mm-hmm. to receive. And uh, that's just queuing up the next legislature. It'd be a big, big old john sharp and the texas fighting aggies and with all the red raiders um but yes it, you know uh, higher ed politics is a whole nother level he's gonna have to get into that next level yes sir and that's not an easy level so tell us you guys breaking out on quorum report right now that yeah. more than half a million dollars in anonymous political spending in the state races so far this year Absolutely, and when we say anonymous political spending, we're talking about the same thing that is sometimes called dark money. I like the term anonymous because, look, let's break it down for people what that actually means. And and, and your listeners are very aware, in West Texas, you know uh, that from Lubbock all the way up to the Panhandle, especially 
in the Panhandle and uh, through Kel Seliger's district over to Midland, Odessa, and back up toward uh, Amarillo. Same thing true for Chairman Ford Price up there in Amarillo. Uh, they just saw a blizzard of mailers from some of these groups. When we say anonymous, yes, you know who the, group, uh, the groups are. Uh, it's, it's Empower Texans, it's Texas Right to Life, uh, it's the Homeschool Coalition, etc. So we know who the groups are, but what we don't always know is who actually wrote the check originally to that group to then be spent in elections to try to influence your vote. Uh, because, you know, if it's a 501c3 or a 501c4, and they still play in politics, just like political action committees do, but those, those political action committees, you can see who wrote the checks to fund those. But with the C3s and the C4s, you can't see those checks. And there is a, just a ton of money uh, being spent, as you mentioned, uh, more than a half million dollars for Texas House races and Texas Senate races. Um, and the biggest uh, chunk of that money uh, was spent by Texas Right to Life. We can see which groups spent the money. Again, we just hey, can't tell who gave them the money originally. Uh, and they were at about $356,000 from Texas Right to Life all across the state. Uh, and we had David Salero uh, break all this down at quorumreport.com. He tracks campaign finances for us on occasion. Uh, also a group called Young Americans for Liberty. Have you heard of them? Uh, could you guess who maybe they're supporting? <laughs> um, Can I call Young Americans for Liberty. Uh, yeah, Young Americans for Liberty uh, spent about 57000 Five seven thousand um, dollars, and they were spending money uh, on behalf of Thomas McNutt, who, by the way, lost his race to Cody Harris. That's for Byron Cook's seat in the Corsicana area. Uh, Texas Homeschool Coalition, Homeschool Coalition, which I mentioned, uh, fifty-one thousand um, dollars. They were trying to uh, actually help the governor uh, in one race uh, by supporting uh, Susanna Dockerfield over Chair Sarah Davis from Houston. Uh, Texas Values Action. Uh, that's run by Jonathan Sines, and they're one of those groups, and in fact, they're one of the biggest groups that was supporting the bathroom bill legislation last year. They spent about $27,000 in anonymous cash Wait, time out, uh, Brandon. to whoa, whoa. try to beat various people. Mm -hmm. Let's go back to the y'all group, the Young Americans for Liberty, right? Is what about it, them? So uh -huh. They gave how much money? They did about almost $60,000, dollars So Young um, B implies college. And mm -hmm. liberty implies conservative, which means sure. frugal. Where did they get $60,000 from? They take up well, the Keystone Light Fund we and don't, put it towards that's Texas a great, races? great question. Well, wouldn't you like to know where that money came from? The, the trouble well, is, as we we've been saying here, you're not allowed to see where that money hey, came from. Yeah, but it's a libertarian college campus group. Um, they have about 900 chapters. They taught themselves as a, quote, political organization that was formed in 2008 at the end of Congressman Ron Paul's presidential campaign. Uh, but it's a 501c4, which means we can't see where the money came from. We whoa, can see whoa, where it's going. Whoa, whoa. But, but, when, but, but, but isn't it interesting that when you hear that certain groups are spending so much money, that the first question you'd like to ask is, where'd that money come from? And you're not allowed to know. So I'm connecting the dots here. Very good, very good. Shooter McSullivan was a Ron Paul guy. Oh, and right. now you've got this group that was, you know, correlation, causation. I'm going to go with correlation. Okay, it's beginning well, yeah. to make sense in my head. Well, and to, put, to, to add one thing to your point, to bolster your point, uh, there are lots of people who are Ron Paul people, Ron Paul guys, Ron Paul supporters. No, uh, Sullivan actually worked for Ron Paul, was a staffer of his on Capitol Hill. It's happening. It's happening. So it, it, you're putting it all together, Davis. But let me ask you this: to, mm -hmm. I tried to keep things down the middle. I put up a piece about the farm bill today, and it just got blistered. Oh, yeah. I put it up this morning; it got blistered all day from both sides. Because <laughs> I'm trying to keep it down the line. But yeah. uh, what is the difference between this money? If I had Stickland on the show right now, Jonathan Stickland mm -hmm. out of Euless Bedford uh, Hurst. Yes. He would say, I can only imagine what he would say. He would say, and he has said, anonymous money got run through PACs by the Speaker and others into his district on mailers with very generic names on them, paid for by so-and-so. And he would wonder, I'm going to speak for him, he would wonder at this juncture in the conversation, what's the difference between that and th this other half million that's being laid out here? Or is it will, part of that half million? 
I will, I will answer the question for you. So the speaker gave uh, money to groups like the Associated Republicans of Texas, which did spend money in the Republican primary. The difference is that if you got a mailer that said paid for by the Associated Republicans of Texas, you could go online to the Texas Ethics Commission, which is the uh, agency that keeps track of all this. You could punch in the name uh, Associated Republicans of Texas, and you'd be able to see who gave them money, including Speaker Joe Strauss and others. When it comes to the groups that we've been talking about, like Texas Right to Life, the Young Americans for Liberty, the Texas Homeschool Coalition, Empowered Texans and others, they do run organizations where you cannot do that. If you punch in their name and look for the 501c3 or the 501c4, you cannot see who gave money to those uh, organizations. Now, it's also important to point out that for Empowered Texans, for example, and the, tr the same is true of uh, Texas Right to Life, they do run PACs also. And this is where it gets, and Jay Leeson, it is deliberately confusing when it comes to groups like Empowered Texans and Texas Right to Life. So let's use Empowered Texans as the example. They run a political action committee, which does disclose its donors. They also run a 501c4, which does not disclose its donors, and a C3, which does not disclose its donors. And they run all three of those entities under the same brand name, which is Empower Texans. You see how that's a little confusing? With Associated Republicans of Texas, they just run a pack, and you can go on the Ethics Commission website and see who gave them money. And so when he would ask that question, it's a decent question to ask, but there is an answer for it. And the answer is, those groups are transparent. Braddock on Texas, at Scott Braddock on Twitter. He is editor of Quorum Report. There's your hospitable intro rather than me jumping you into a new theme song braddock uh speaker strauss <laughs> I like the song too uh, we could try different songs as we go are we but i do like the 18 okay well maybe we'll try to do something the guy talking over the music that's weird <laughs> how long are we going to try to continue to censure joe strauss oh, it seems like it um you know the republican party of texas does have a race going on right now for chairman uh the current chairman uh james dickey uh, is running to be reelected. He was installed by the State Republican Executive Committee last year, uh, almost a year ago. Uh, and he has a challenger, Cindy Ash, who you've had on your program, uh, who is running against him to beat him, if she can, at the uh, Republican Party of Texas Convention in San Antonio in a couple of weeks, which I hope I'll see you there. You ought to do the show live from there if you hadn't planned it out already. Uh, hey, but we'll uh, I can mountains. tell you that... <laughs> I can, if not, I'll just check in from the convention uh, for you. Happy to report live, uh, but I can tell you that the censure of Speaker Strauss uh, is central to the race to lead the Republican Party of Texas. You have this woman, Cindy Ash from DFW, saying that it is exactly the wrong thing to do to be uh, censuring the Speaker. Uh, what was the allegation, Jay Leeson, that Speaker Strauss was not? Uh, completely um, in line with and sometimes veered off of what's in the Republican Party platform, which has almost 300 planks on everything from uh, legalization of marijuana all the way to unpasteurized milk. So there's a lot in there. Um, the, the challenger says, look, are we telling Republicans across this state, this is the quote uh, from a forum that was held in Houston last week, are we telling Republicans across the state that you're not good enough to be a Republican. She said, do we want them to vote for Democrats instead? She made the argument that if somebody uh, you know, agrees with the GOP platform 95% of the time, like Speaker Strauss does, those people ought to be supporting Republican candidates. And she said some places in the state have already turned uh, you know, more competitive for Democrats because of this uh, party purity test going on within the GOP. But here's the way that James Dickey sees it, uh, Jay Leeson. I saw you tweeting at him over the weekend. Uh, Dickey says, look, the party platform is, quote, a resource guide. When anyone asks him what the Republican Party of Texas is going to do on any given issue, and no matter who's asking, whether it's an activist or a journalist or whoever, he says what they do is we check the guide anytime anybody asks. Um, there's more going on in this race, and you may have seen um, and I, I know you were tweeting about it, uh, that uh, the TFRW, the Texas Federation of Republican Women, uh, would like to be more involved in the party's politics at this time, but 
uh, there's some people asking the question as to whether or not uh, Empower Texans and some of its allied organizations are actually coming in to uh, be the replacements or the successors uh, to the Republican women all across the state who, you know, at a very fundamental uh, fundamental level, they have been the worker bees of the Republican Party. It, it was said during this forum in Houston the other night uh, that the TFRW does have, at any given time, they have two million volunteers all across Texas who can be put to work on campaigns uh, to try to elect Republicans. And in the meantime, you have astroturf groups like Empower Texans that would rather be the ones calling the shots in the RPT. Uh, so we'll see who wins out here. Yeah, the way that these guys leverage the party platform, it, it sounds a lot to me like, you know, the Pope, issuing like in 1400 a papal bull and saying well you're excommunicated but we're just using it as a guide like that's essentially what they're doing here like you aren't with us all the way when it's politically convenient for us you're out right it, it, it look it, 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 it it's the same thing that happens in lots of situations where if you're looking for some reason to be upset with somebody you will find the excuse you know to punish that person uh to be ugly to that person uh you brought him up so i'll mention him again Jonathan Stickland, who wrote on a sports fantasy website that he was looking for people to give him advice on how to set up a marijuana growing operation in his house. Uh, all this information is available uh, at cornreport.com. Um, you know, he's somebody who said he was looking for someone to smoke the green with. Well, if you consult the Republican Party of Texas platform, he should also be censured because he has veered off of what the party's principles are by being somebody who not only is looking to smoke the green, but has also more recently said that the party ought to look at maybe legalizing marijuana. If you're going to say that people have to um, you know, uh, practice party purity when it comes to what's in that document, then libertarians like himself would not be welcome in the Republican Party of Texas. Uh, but I'm sure Jonathan Sickman would take exception to so that. So this is, this is my take there. He was like 17. But, on the other hand, if we're going to practice this kind of ball that we're playing in Texas right now, I understand your point. It doesn't matter. There is no context. Well, he was a little little older than that. He was a little older than that. You know, Jonathan Stickland, I think, is about 35 years old uh, and was only elected, you know, as a young man, which, to his credit, you know, it's not easy to be elected when you're you're somebody who's young. Um, But it's not ancient history uh, that he was not only... Uh, saying that we ought to smoke the green together, which is what he was saying. It's not ancient history that he was saying that he would like to engage in wife swapping and was uh, telling people online what his wife's cup size was because she might be somebody that, uh, you know, would be uh, good to trade with other men. Uh, It's not ancient history that he said that uh, Asians should be called, he did call some Asians, um, some racial slurs that I'm not going to repeat on the radio, uh, but he also talked about white power, uh, while he was playing games, uh, video games against ethnic minorities. None of this is ancient history. Okay, let's move on to foster kids, can we? Sure. <laughs> There's 50, 50 foster children slept in state mm-hmm. offices. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. In in April, in offices and hotels. So what's that indicate to you, Scott Braddock? Well, you know, the governor in the last session made this a priority uh, to his credit. He said that the foster care system in Texas is a disaster and it needs to be fixed, and uh, he wanted to work on that as one of his emergency items. Um, He said uh, that the legislature needed to uh, take on a variety of uh, reforms, and they certainly did that. Um, But this is like, you know, this is like uh, one of those great ships out in the ocean that does not turn on a dime, um, and, uh, you know, you still have kids. Uh, who don't have homes, who don't have foster homes, um, you know, the, uh, the situation's pretty dire. Of course, there was a federal judge uh, here in Texas who said uh, that the kids who were going into the foster care system are coming out of it worse off than they went into it. Um, and so fixing this is going to take a lot more money and a lot more coordination among the various agencies that are involved. Um, and there are simply uh, not enough places for all these kids who have been, um, you know, taken from their parents for a variety of reasons. In most cases, uh, it's that the parents are um, not only abusive but also are abusing some sorts of drugs as well. Uh, and so it's not uh, it's not a safe situation for those kids to be with their parents. Um, the ideal situation is that they can take the kids and put them uh, with other relatives. They call that kinship care. Uh, and the legislature did work on trying to give some more. Uh, resources for those 
grandparents and aunts and uncles who are taking these kids into their homes. Uh, but obviously, we still have a lot more work to do uh, when you have uh, kids who are sleeping in state office buildings at night because there's nowhere else for them to go. Where are you at right now? You in Austin? I'm in Austin. I was uh, on Crystal Beach this weekend with my daughter, who mm-hmm. was uh, having a great time uh, finding hermit crabs with her feet, <laughs> uh, and we all, you know, underneath the water. And we also found, you like this, Jason? And we found a very tiny, like a baby. Um, hammerhead shark washed up on the beach. Yeah. So if anybody's heading into the water, beware because they're out there. It's see, not they that aren't real different from politics. They not are, that different from politics. Because I caught one, and my buddy, I'll drop his name, my name uh, Cole Roberts. I was down there. Yeah. And by the way, I thought that you were about to tell me that you found my sunglasses in the water. But no, uh, not the time. I, you you should have told me how to look for him. But old Cole, boy, he really got me revved up because I put it up on Twitter because I caught one. I was fishing, <laughs> and he's he's like, dude, that's so illegal. He does a lot of fishing. I was really nervous, so I went into a store. Was one like, of those sharks? <laughs> I said, is, "Is this a shark?" Yep. And they're like, "No, it's not a shark. It's something. I can't. I'm living in Lubbock, so my my rolodex of uh, fish." And fish nomenclature is pretty short, but uh, unless we're talking about rainbow or brown trouts that we can go over to the New Mexico and Colorado fish for. But Okay, so go. to plug, uh, you've mentioned some things here. Tomorrow we've got Sarah Davis will be on this program, state oh, representative out right. of Houston. She's ready to sound off, and then get over to Nacogdoches and get with uh, Travis Clardy, mm-hmm. uh, son of Lubbock, this Texas, a- off in the big time in East Texas. A big week on the show. Yeah, you call it big. We call it normal, and it always kicks right. off with Scott Braddock. Well, I do my best to set the table for you, Jay Leeson. Well, you've done well. I'm glad that you're back and uh, enjoy the Austin Heat, my friend. Thank you, sir. Talk soon. And that Mopac. There you go. <laughs> Bye, buddy. Beginning to get the uh, notion that maybe Stickland and Braddock don't care for one another. Just gonna take a blind stab at it. it certainly doesn't sound like it goodness gracious you know that flag thing back to the flag thing for just a second people get entrenched and and i certainly understand the pro flag crowd absolutely 100 percent. and well first what i'm about to tell you leave you a little, on a little cliffhanger there Title One is Lubbock's digital real estate and title escrow company. Title One is committed to providing you with the highest level of communication and service from the time the contract opens until it closes. See how Title One can serve your realty, consumer, and lending needs. And if you're somebody like me, just tell me what's going on. Show me where. I trust you. Let's do it. And those are good folks to trust. TitleOne.com. So whenever I was in my mid-twenties, you know, I'd always lived in West Texas. I moved to Tulsa and was working at this big Methodist church. It's where I got civilized, by the way. <laughs> and uh, I was working at this big Methodist church, and we had this big rally. Now, people lots of times, just a, a little primer to me, are like, well, I don't know where you are on this and that because I do this prairie populism thing because I don't, I cannot go down the line with a platform. I'm going to call it like I see it and I'm going to learn. And people, you know, part of this program, me getting people on this program, is because I don't know everything. And there are people who know a lot more about issues than I do, mm-hmm. like Elena Bottomiller-Evich, who was on the show on Thursday, and other people who can talk me through things and I can ask them hard questions and they can begin to bring me to a place where I can make up a better understanding of of a given issue because if anybody sits behind a microphone and acts a hundred percent certain on politics you're you're almost like in loserville at that point like nobody knows like unless they've been president or held headed up uh the UN or I don't know been on the Lubbock City Council for longer than like 20 years which I don't know anybody ever has uh, then then we can talk definitively about all these things but I can give core principles and then learn out the policy as I go anyhow but so much of like I hear and I say this a lot there are more aborigines 
in Lubbock, Texas than there are liberals because I've been around real liberals. Mm-hmm. Now, I've not been around like coastal liberals, like people who live on the west or the east and they know everything and intellect was like a post-enlightenment creation. Uh, but I have been around Methodist liberals. Now, there are a lot of concerns. I don't want to run. I'm not, do not hear me painting a broad stroke. And I'm getting to the flag here in a second. But there are people once, and you see this a lot in politics, once their theology begins to drive all of their philosophy and there is no bending within society or culture where you're just going to be man is man i am me and you're gonna have to deal with it like that guy's such a pain in the a money money all the time anyhow so there are some people who read like a quarter of what john wesley actually said within methodism you know the 52 standard sermons and they really absorbed like a third of 12 of them Mm mm-hmm and then they go on and do with it what they will. And uh, so there are, within Methodism, there are some, and I'm still Wesleyan, still Methodist, but there are like some crazies out there, like crazy, like social activists. Because Methodism is, really takes in this idea of, of personal, and I don't mean to make this into the gospel power hour here, but it really takes into this consideration of a vertical, this is just a simple way to explain it, but a vertical relation to the Lord and then a horizontal responsibility for one's neighborhood and one's place. And where those two intersect is where you really get dynamic religion uh, within Methodist consideration. Now, there are some people who kind of do, you know, kind of been back from the vertical and just all they pay attention to is the horizontal and they lose their footing so they get lost you know they, they just cut ties with the earth and so that's my before i even really began to get into politics and and cover it and talk about it that was my initial understanding of liberalism was within methodist liberalism and that stuff just goes bonkers so i have i've dealt with real liberals before and there just has to come a point where you're like hey okay go do it go do what you want to do but i'm going to stick right here where the two intersect okay so not to say i'm in my mid-20s and we're doing like this big huge methodist gathering with all these kids like tons and tons and tons of kids and it's there at our church and in the church in the sanctuary was the american flag now i'm a huge advocate of not bringing the church house and the state house or the state house into the church house i get it but that flag has meaning especially within late blooming uh, religious sects like methodism which came to the east coast and just began circuit riders began to go out and do the gospel and all that kind of stuff so anyway that all that segment burned up to say this i'm out in the middle of a downtown street these guys approach me like big bellied cheesy christian t-shirt guys and they want to confront me on how we cannot have a meeting in the sanctuary because the american flag's in there and i really my first instinct was i was so overwhelmed like this is the most ridiculous thing i think i've heard and i've listened to myself for a long time but this <laughs> this may qualify like in my top five most absurd things and then he was emphatic and i began to think about the logistics if i even catered to this craziness the logistics to move it somewhere else and i'm standing there at this ministry event so ticked off that this guy's like well that flag is symbolic of and he starts going through like you know it's the old well christianity and the crusades and but you know slavery and like America's 10 worst hits he starts just DJing out there on the street just (laughs) running through them and I was so frustrated with him at that point that I had my fist clenched and I was going to hit the dude because I didn't know what else to do but symbols are important for us to look upon and I don't you know a collective memory 
that looks upon Barack Obama said one thing in particular that I thought was very very true that we don't operate by a shared set of facts any longer everything's subjective from person to person and when you get to subjectively just burn that flag or do whatever kneel at that flag then that shows that Obama was right in that now here's the problem with what Obama said everybody does what's right in their own eyes especially on the left what's right in their own eyes don't heed the inst- like we need to tear down the institutions do all these things and it, I, I hope that people on his side heard him say that because I think that that's a lead problem in the country is a collective memory and especially a memory on Memorial Day for people who quite frankly believed a lot more in the cause of this country than anybody who sits behind microphones and talks about it or sits behind keyboards and uh Anyway, that's my that's my Methodist ministry fight I almost had. I'm glad that that could have wound up in the clink that night, but it didn't. So, a couple of things on schools here. Today, news comes out that uh, Greg Abbott will tomorrow, I believe in San Angelo and Dallas, lay out a plan, and we'll see what the plan is uh, to deal with... Um, school shootings in texas and very 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 complicated issue Uh, i know that mike collier who's run as a democrat former republican running for lieutenant governor has called on the governor to have a special session to deal with this to take these round tables into the legislature now what he called on them to do as i recall is to do some round tables to appoint a czar and to have the czar the uh school tragedy czar i can't remember how he called it but have the czar then put together the package the governor calls the legislature all this done by i believe i think uh call the legislature in in the middle of june and have the plan out by july 1 and give schools six eight weeks to get ready for the school year on whatever the plan might be um queen catherine i'm gonna take advantage of you sitting across the microphone I want to hear about graduation night mm-hmm. here in a minute. But you just graduated from school. What are your thoughts on this school shooting thing? Like, you've been in the middle of all this. You've seen it around you. You've not seen it at a school. But right. what's your general? Th- I mean, are you ever scared to go to school? No. Uh, at our school, we have police officers that patrol and walk around the halls. So I don't ever feel threatened. There have been some threats. But they're not like. But do you, do you in have you ever envisioned it like kind of had a, you know like whenever you go back to sleep on the weekends for like well, thirty minutes longer. It at school? Yeah, have you ever just in your mind thought, wow, this could happen here, and what would it look like? Oh yeah, of course, and we yeah. have drills for that and stuff. So, yeah, well the drills, but we we drilled all the time for nuclear fallout whenever I was a kid, and I never thought it would happen. But yeah. did you think that the drills that it could happen at your school? Yeah, I think it's possible. So, after Santa Fe shooting, Governor Greg Abbott sees a West Texas mental health program as a statewide model. And this is from last week in the Texas Tribune. A Lubbock-based program seeing success helping prevent at-risk students from committing violent acts is getting more and more attention after Governor Greg Abbott touted it as a potential statewide model to reduce school shootings the day after a student allegedly shot 10 people to death at a southeast texas high school the telemedicine wellness intervention triage and referral project at texas tech university health sciences center works to identify junior high and high school students most at risk for committing violence in schools and intervene before it happens and look i understand that we are like in this postmodern new world order and you can't profile but i've been around kids long enough uh you've run with your friends long enough catherine in a high school mm-hmm. context to know look it's by and large like quarterback can throw an interception and like lose it over the weekend cost his team the game yeah. like he can lose it but by and large it's going to be the marginalized kid who's lost in social circles, who's probably not got much at all going on at home other than a bunch of heartache. Yeah. It's it's going to, like, 
good on tech and good on the governor and people coming around saying, look, we can identify who these kids are most of the time. Mm-hmm. And that's what they all, they all look like they've been drugged out on whatever. And all, I'm just yeah. looking at all of their uh, custody photos mm-hmm. and you just see lost eyes. Yeah. Uh, a kid who looks like he's been eating lunch alone for the better part of three years. Mm-hmm. And so that's my expertise thus far. But I have argued before on this program that and people are, well, churches say church. Well, don't make it proselytizing, but there are nonprofits out there like Young Life that go and just immerse people in these school settings. Yeah. And and they just float and they engage kids and you know a kid in my experience you know when a kid really trusts you is whenever they laugh with you Mm -hmm. not laugh at you but whenever they begin to laugh with you that's when trust begins to be engendered and you know it seems to me to be a lot better option than setting up a bunch of tsas at high schools effectively at santa fe high school on friday uh, police said, I'm sorry, this is from a couple of weeks ago. This is from, uh, well, it's not. It's May 19th. So, um, that, you know, it goes through what happened there. Abbott alluded to text program in a Friday tweet saying, we want to use uh, the Texas Tech model across the state. But could it identify and stop someone like the alleged Santa Fe shooter? Billy Phillips, Executive Vice President for Rural and Community Health at Texas at Tex Health Sciences Center, said he was, quote, a bit surprised to hear about Abbott mention the program, which he said has seen success but is still being refined. Uh, since its launch, more than 400 students have been referred to the program, with 200 getting screened for anxiety, depression, loneliness, and isolation, and whether they're prone to violence or violent thoughts. Those screenings can lead to psychiatric appointments and sometimes immediate hospitalizations and arrests for planning violent incidents like shootings, according to an April 30 brief that Tex Health Sciences Center published about the program. So good on uh, some local bragging, good on tech, and I look forward to seeing more about that. I've actually been asked and have accepted to be on a uh, LISD committee where we are i've got this letter right here uh, securing our future committee that will begin to meet next week and lay out plans for the district and uh hope that i got something to contribute there uh, it looks like a great group of people to be on that committee so uh it'd be interesting to see what abbott i i really like in the pragmatism look this whole gun t- like i have this dear great aunt and she tells me the same five stories every time I go see her (laughs) but I love being with her okay but oh my goodness this gun control debate every time and it's terrible that it's common for us to look at the news now school shooting Mm -hmm. schools and it's like oh okay another one yeah like how coarse and callous have we gotten towards this but in looking for solutions I think that Abbott's 100% right in that we have got to begin to employ people to not just cops walking the hallways, Mm -hmm. but people just looking for lost eyes, uh, looking for kids that look like they are just out on an ocean of lostness and adolescence and don't know what to do about it. And maybe, you know, it's terrible. I mean, to me, these are all copycats by and large. Like, what can I do to really express how mad you know my thing with yeah, kids is always that kids get mad uh and then they get sad then they get bad mm-hmm. and that seems to be the routine here so right. i think the looking at the psychiatric end of it is a big deal and you know have the gun debate but i don't i don't think that there are constant variables and of course guns are part of it but to me the the lead variable is not the weapon it's the mental uh dishealth unhealth of the individuals that seems to me to be the correlation Mm -hmm. throughout all these things i don't i don't think a kid who's goes home and snuggles up with mom and dad every night 
and then uh, goes out and sells her Girl Scout cookies, comes in guns blazing. No. <laughs> uh, by and large, that's uh, no. almost, and by, by and large, I mean all the time. Hey, uh, so tomorrow on the program, Ross Ramsey, executive editor of the Texas Tribune, and then a new voice, an emerging voice in Texas politics is uh, state representative out of, I'm just going to call it Houston. She's going to call it West University Place, but her name is Sarah Davis. And she, we've not heard from Sarah yet on, I should say, Representative Davis, yet on this program. Look forward to having her. Travis Clardy's out in Nacogdoches. He's like seven feet tall, but he's from Lubbock and uh, has a great rural articulation about him. Look forward to hearing from him. And Fred Harden, our buddy, uh, is going to be in Willowbend Mortgage on Thursday as well. Tell you about some great construction loans if you're looking at upgrading the Ponderosa. And then, speaking of the Ponderosa, where my Memorial Day weekend began, Brandon Darby with us on Friday. You got show ideas for me. I'm going to have meetings this week to look at things that we can cover on the show. Uh, just shoot me an email, j at othersideoftexas.com. I got an email just now, and I just got somebody texting in uh, instructions on how to glide better on Mario Kart 8. So oh. thank, thank you for that as well. <laughs> also, Blue Collar Bill, who will be with us later this week, sent me a laser. He took a laser thermometer shot of how hot the air was coming out of the 18-wheeler vents in the cab. 144 is what he's running right now. So uh, that's blue collar. Some might say that's hell. That's, I think that's blue collar Bill's idea of heaven. Hey, we'll be on Facebook, other side of Texas, Twitter at OSTX Show, and of course, other side of Texas.com. Got a couple of new pieces up there for you to uh, to check out, and I hope that you will, like you do with the show, share that with friends. We're here to engage you, and I hope that you are. Are you not engaged? I got to go home. <laughs> got to get home. Stay longer, but got a great family waiting and a great dinner, because we're going to have brisket made up again. We're going to go through like this brisket, and then you do the tacos the next night, and then with yeah. what's left left over, you make some chili, which usually works better in the winter, but I'll take chili anytime <laughs> without the beans. Hey, tell a friend about us. Thank you for hanging out on the other side of Texas. Until tomorrow, we'll see you right back here, AM58. One night in Kansas City, after we played the show, shots rang out as I stumbled home. So I hid behind the dumpster in an Speed Queen washers and dryers are built to last longer than any other brand in the market, designed to last 25 years in your home. So it's only fitting that they're also backed by the industry's longest lasting warranty, a warranty that's five times longer than the competition. And unlike anyone else, our warranty covers parts and in-home labor. You heard that right, parts and labor. Covered. Get your Speed Queen and our industry-leading warranty at Brand Source Radio Lab, located at 4902 50th Street. Hey, Lubbock. Are you thinking about buying or selling a house? You can rely on Charity Leeson at Amy Tapp Realty to provide excellent full-service care from start to finish. Charity Leeson will work with integrity to find your perfect home, right on budget, with open and honest communication. Call to discuss options today at 806-370-7340. Again, that's 806-370-7340. And check out CharityLeeson.com and Charity Leeson Realtor on Facebook.